Welcome to Soul Conversations with Mia. Today I'm really excited to share with you a story or a meditation depending on how you want to look at it. And it comes from a, a book called The Gift of Our Compulsions by Mary O'Malley. This was a book uh, that was a part of my coach training and I absolutely fell in love with the story at the beginning, which is such a beautiful explanation of how we get to be who we are through the power of our experiences in life. So sit back or go for a walk, take this story with you. It is going to be extremely powerful and it's going to set the foundation for the way that you look at how you show up in the world. It's a beautiful story called Reconnecting with Yourself. There was a time when you absolutely loved being you, when you were very young and you hadn't yet learned how to second guess yourself. You lived in your body and your heart and whoever you were was enough. In fact, it was more than enough for it was you. Even if you have no memories of this, your body does. It remembers when you are completely connected to yourself, open to the adventure of life. You felt your enthusiasm for living in every cell of your little body and it was wonderful just to be alive. All of us, some for a very short time and others for longer, knew this timeless place where we lived in full connection with ourselves and our lives. Before we pulled back from life, we were unshakably attuned to the truth that we were okay, that life was okay, and that everything was going to be okay. Life was a magical adventure, and we hadn't yet become caught up in watches and calendars, and nothing was more important than whatever was happening in the moment. We were present for the mischief of a puppy, the magic of the butterfly's dance, and our fascination with having a belly button. A friend told me a wonderful story of taking a walk through the woods with a three-year-old girl that reveals what it was like for us when we were connected to ourselves and to our lives. Coming to a bridge over a stream, the little girl became completely enamored with the flow of the water. So enamored that she had to lie down on the bridge, hanging her head over its edge to see more clearly. Every once in a while, she would look up at my friend and simply say, wow. Three times they headed down the path beyond the bridge and three times the little girl turned around and went back to the wonder of the flowing water. Because she spent no time worrying about who she should be, there were no filters obscuring her pure experience of being alive. You also knew, as children the world over know, how to keep the joy alive, of life alive by hugging and snuggling, swinging and twirling, dancing and running. Shelby, a friend's three-year-old niece, was at a theater watching a movie full of dancing and singing. There was no way she could sit in her seat. Luckily, they happened to be in a row of seats with a space in front of them for a wheelchair. Since that space was not occupied, Shelby danced her way through the movie. And when was the last time you felt that kind of vitality, joy, and freedom? I hope that these stories have brought up a memory, no matter how faint, of what it was like to love yourself from the inside out, staying open to the magical adventure of your life even if you have no memories of your world before all the shoulds and ought tos dimmed your love affair with yourself and with life. You too, like all very young children, once enjoyed being authentically you. The river of life flowed through you, sometimes in torrents, sometimes in stillness, full of the peace of being connected to life and of being comfortable in your own skin. 
This experience was a rudimentary form of the full connection that is possible for you as an adult. When you were young, you were awake to life. As an adult, not only can you be awake, but you can be aware, curiously and compassionately present. It is possible to wake up in the morning with an abiding love for yourself, a deep appreciation for the gift of life, and a wondrous curiosity about where the adventure is going to take you. Not only is this possible, but it is also your birthright. This story, inhabiting the house of your being, is your next step. This ability to be okay with yourself and your life, no matter what is happening, has always been inside you. It may be just a tiny rivulet that you are hardly even aware of, but it, it's there nonetheless. If you're like most people, you live almost exclusively in a story in your head and the clouds of thoughts swirling around keep this deep connection with yourself very well covered. Your thoughts don't eradicate it, but they do cut you off from the nourishment of simply and powerfully being you. As you stay caught in your story of struggle, you're hardly ever aware that just below the thousands of thoughts you pay attention to every day lies another world, one in which you can trust in yourself, trust in life, and feel the joy that is your true nature. How can it be that we knew such a deep connection with life when we were young, and, and yet most of the time as adults we find ourselves, on some level, struggling with life and feeling just half alive? The best way to understand this conundrum is to imagine a glorious house, airy and full of light, with the music of laughter flowing from room to room. This is where it gets good, guys. This is your house of being. And when you were little, you lived there fully open. You lived in your body, grounded in the basement of your belly, and the energy of life flowed freely through you. The floors above were the realm of your heart, and all the windows and doors were open to life. Your heart was so alive that with every beat, the joy of loving yourself and life was pumped through all the nooks and crannies of your being. And the attic of your mind was a wonderful place of imagination and curiosity, open to the whole house of your being. You were able simply to show up for life's amazing adventure rather than always trying to make it into what you thought it should be. Because you were so open to life, everything touched you to your core. Remember tasting every bite of your ice cream cone? Remember lying on your back and watching in wonder as the clouds danced for you? Remember the ballet of dust particles highlighted in the beam of sunlight from your bedroom window? Basking in the glow of living fully in your body and being in contact with your true nature when you said, I am, and that was enough. In fact, it was more than enough, for you were simply and purely yourself. So you didn't need to stop your feelings or run to the illusion of safety in the addict of the mind. During that precious time, there was no part of the house that was off limits. You hadn't yet come to believe that you needed to be different to receive the nourishment, attention, and connection that you required to survive. And this wouldn't last. In the openness of your youth, not only were you available to the pure joy of being alive, you were also vulnerable to the actions and expectations of the people around you. The giants in your world, parents, siblings, aunts, uncles, teachers, neighbors, clergy, 
and a host of others. They all began to influence you. Life had wounded them and they passed their wounds on to you. Even if you had parents who loved you, along with what might have looked like a picture-perfect childhood, this wounding still occurred. Nobody was there meeting you in the place of your wounding, showing you how to stay open to life in the presence of pain. To survive, you learned how to close off parts of yourself, holding your breath and tightening your body. And every time you contracted your body and tried to deny that you were what you were experiencing, you put another part of yourself in a box and hid it in a room in the house of your being. And on the door of each room, you put up a sign that said, do not open. And underneath these words, in little letters, was the statement, this room is filled with bad feelings. But even though they were behind closed doors, these feelings still influenced your life and eventually fueled your compulsions. As you grew up and circumstances disappointed, overwhelmed, confused, and threatened you, you locked more and more rooms of your house. Rather than being airy and filled with light, your house became dark. You're no longer dancing from room to room and the music of laughter was rarely heard. Soon, all the rooms were filled with your boxed up feelings. So you had to move some of them down into the basement, hoping that they would never torment you again. These were the ones that you were most afraid of, your rage, your terror, and your despair. It was very, very important to keep your belly tight and never to breathe a full breath, for that is how the door to the basement would open again, and you definitely didn't want that to happen. But all was not lost. As you were boxing up all your feelings, you were also learning more about the world of thinking. You were discovering what a magical tool it is, but you were also learning that you could hide from life in your thoughts. So one day while exploring the attic of your mind, you discovered a big screen TV, along with a DVD player and, boxes, and a box of discs. Old school. <laughs> you found out that you could sit up there and get lost in movies about life, which felt a lot safer than actually experiencing it. Eventually, you found yourself spending more and more time in the attic, especially when experiencing life would have meant dealing with strong and confusing feelings. You left the now curtained and closed off floors of your body for the tightly enclosed attic of the mind. Because the images in your mind were so compelling, you hardly even noticed that you had lost the true and abiding connection with yourself and with life that you had enjoyed as a child. The more you lived in your mind, the more you began to truly believe one of its core ideas. To be safe, you have to be in control. Becoming lost in control, you found yourself cut off from your own deep wisdom. Trained to, distru trained to distrust your feelings, you became absolutely certain that you must never go back into the lower floors of the house, especially the basement. Instead, you must control, control, control. Gone was the willingness to be open to life and gone was spontaneous creativity. Gone was the pure joy of being alive. Even though you may have retained a faint memory of living in the entire house with all the light and laughter that used to fill it, the movies in your mind were interesting enough to compensate for that and things stayed fairly balanced for a while. And when they didn't feel balanced, 
you had your first experience of trying to recreate the joy you knew when you were fully connected to yourself and to life. Maybe it was the glass of wine that turned your body into liquid warmth, the deep relaxation after that first bite of a forbidden food, the joy that came from a buying spree or even the thrill of winning at gambling. They were faint shadows of the wonderful feelings you had when you inhabited the whole house. But because the whole house was no longer available to you, those actions seemed adequate substitutes for joy. Unable to be naturally who you were, you began to try to figure out who you should be. And there are plenty of DVDs lying around the attic that showed you how to be a successful you. You were so intent on making yourself different from what you were that you didn't notice the voices coming over a loudspeaker in the attic that were critiquing your endless quest for perfection. You also didn't notice that you had left the wonderful world of I am that you knew so well when you were young for the world of I am not slash I should be. As the wonderful movies you first watched when you crawled up into the attic gave way to movies full of have-tos, shoulds, and ought-tos, an undercurrent of discontentment, boredom, and quiet despair stirred within you, and you tried very hard not to notice. Since you were cut off from the nourishment of your heart and disconnected from the wellspring of wisdom and support in the basement of your being, your existence in the attic became a constant search for the peace that you knew when you lived in the full house of your whole being. You looked for it in movies on to the next relationship. <laughs> you looked for it in moving on to the next relationship, in spending money, in working out, in gaining a more positive outlook, in driving a fancier car, or in getting a better education. This search took you into classes, therapy, and religion in the hopes that if you just got yourself in order, everything would be okay. These activities are fine in and of themselves. But even if you accomplish your goals, if you win the lottery, get your PhD, understand your, where your pain comes from, or learn how to affirm 20 times a day that you are a radiant and a peaceful person, it will never be enough. There is an essential emptiness that will never be filled by all the doing, accomplishing, and acquiring that are the hallmarks of living in the attic. The deep peace of enoughness will only come when you move back into your body and inhabit the entire house of your being. Opening the door to your feelings. The mind, however, will have nothing to do with moving back into your body. For it remembers how scared it was right before you retreated to the so-called safety of the attic. So in the attic you stayed. Even though things were not all that happy in there, you carried on. One thing, however, upset the careful equilibrium you were trying to establish through control more than anything else. And that was your feelings. You see, feelings do not like to be boxed up. They flow from the river of aliveness and they love to move and dance through your being. Every once in a while, you could hear them demanding attention from the rooms below, but you would just put in another movie and distract yourself again. You were so busy distracting yourself that you didn't notice that feelings are very crafty and extremely skillful 
at getting out of the most enclosed spaces. As they learned how to escape from their boxes, they would come pattering up the stairs, knock on the door of the attic, and ask to be let in. But there was a sign on the outside of the door that said, never, ever open this door. The only safety is in staying in control. And you knew that if you let those feelings in, you would definitely be out of control. So you just turned up the volume of the TV. But feelings don't give up easily. And over time, no matter how far you turned up the volume, you couldn't drown out their persistent knocking. That was when your compulsions, that earlier were just in bud, came into full bloom. It was a sip of wine that turned into glass after glass. It was a cookie that turned into a dozen. Maybe it was a fun night of gambling that turned into a nightmare. Nightmare. It could also be the to-do list that kept getting longer and longer as you frantically ran around trying to get everything done. The deep part of you that just wanted to keep pain at bay discovered that if you gambled, overate, drank, or got overly busy, you could simply ignore all those knocks on your door. Very quickly, the compulsive urge for more, more, more turned into not enough, not enough, not enough. And after the wave of compulsion moved through you, you would be left in self-hatred and despair. No matter how passionately compulsions promised to bring you the peace that you longed for, they never really did. But you didn't know how to stop your compulsions, nor did you know how to get out of the attic and back into what you were truly hungry for, a deep and satisfying connection with yourself and with life. No one no wonder you had moments, and maybe even weeks, months, and years, when you were depressed and overwhelmed, consumed by a loneliness that nothing could ease. The more you ran away from these feelings, the more persistent they became and the harder you had to try to keep them at bay, never knowing that the safest thing to do was to open the door, invite them in, and get to know them again. So on you went for years and years, lost in your head, while your feelings knocked at the door and your compulsions tried to keep them at bay. You became even more cut off from yourself when you were taught that compulsions were bad and must be controlled, and that if you couldn't control them, you were bad. Lost in an ever-increasing battle in the attic of your mind, every once in a while you would hear the sound of the wind outside the attic. And you would get a funny feeling at the core of your being that there was something more to life than the endless reaction and struggle of the attic. One day, you found a dusty DVD that had fallen behind the TV. When you watched it, you realized it was about what it was like when you lived in the whole house. How light and airy it was. You noticed such exuberance in your body there was such a light shining out of your eyes. The longing to be connected again gives you courage. You finally understand that to live in the whole house of your being, you need to meet the feelings standing outside the door. The next time you hear one knocking at the door, you decide to listen rather than turning up the TV. What you hear your feelings saying is, please don't ignore me. I'm a part of you. If you meet me, you can move back into the house of your being 
and I'll be your friend. It becomes clear that the safest thing to do is to open the door and invite them in for a heart-to-heart -heart talk. So you open the door just a crack and there are your feelings all standing in a row waiting to be heard. Immediately you get scared and slam the door shut. But a wise voice within says, this is not about feeling these feelings and getting lost in them again. This is about meeting them, giving them your undivided attention so they can transform back into the free flowing energy of life. Remembering the DVD about what it was like to live in the whole house, you discover the courage to open the door and invite the first feeling in. You're astounded that the feeling is more afraid of you than you are of it. You ask it to sit down and tell you its story. You listen with rapt attention as it describes how it was born and what it was like all these years to be stuck in the dark and empty rooms of your body. You realize in a flash that when you have been running, that what you've been running from your whole life are very young feelings that you boxed up long ago. And instead of being flawed or defective parts of you, they are just very vulnerable parts that are hurt and afraid and need your help. It finally becomes clear that as long as you run away from them, you will be confined to the attic, cut off from the joy of living in the full house of yourself. As the feeling finishes speaking of its heartache, it goes on to tell you what a joy it was to be a part of you when you were young and how much it would like to be a respected part of you again. You realize with stunning clarity that it is okay to allow this feeling to be a part of you again. With an eagerness you've not experienced in years, you invite another feeling in for a chat and then another, listening as they tell their stories. Soon they are inviting you down into the closed rooms of your body. And with joy you begin to unpack all the other boxed up parts of you. Even though the feelings you find there may be a little grinchy or even quite scared from being boxed up for so long, you know they're just very young parts of you that need your undivided attention. As you wander through the rooms, opening windows and doors, you begin to remember how wonderful it was when you lived fully in your body. You see everything through new eyes and discover that when you were locked in the attic of your mind, you had forgotten how to be fully alive. As you become more present, everything calms down and loosens up and the joy of being alive begins to flow through your whole body once again. Your shoulders relax and a smile fills your entire being. The tight band of sadness across your chest begins to loosen and your breath becomes fuller and easier. The tense fist of endless trying in your stomach starts to let go and the fear of not being enough begins to melt away. Even the empty hole that your compulsion has never been able to fill becomes a warm glow in your belly. This is the first time since your childhood that you felt safe enough to open to life, safe enough to be yourself. You realize that whenever you were compulsive, this is actually what you were truly hungry for. 
a deep and abiding connection with yourself that brings forth the joy of being comfortable in your own skin. Compulsions look less and less interesting to you, for you're being nourished by the joy that comes from living in your body and becoming yourself once again. Not an idea of what you should be, but the real, authentic thing. As wonderful as it is, you find you can't stay there for long. It's also new and sometimes very scary to be this open. So you find yourself retreating back up into the mind and closing the door, especially when strong feelings are moving through you. Sometimes you turn up the TV so you don't have to hear the knocking at the door and sometimes even find yourself being compulsive again. But compulsions are now your ally. For you know that whenever you are compulsive, another part of you is standing right outside the locked door asking for your undivided attention. Rather than becoming lost in eating, drinking or gambling, you're reminded by your compulsions that a part of you needs your understanding attention. After reclaiming many parts of yourself, there is still one place you have not had the courage to explore, and that's the basement of your belly. This is where you hid the big feelings, the monsters of rage, terror, and despair. Everything you have heard about that dark and foreboding place makes you feel that if you ever got the courage, even to open the door of the basement, you would be instantly devoured by the monsters from the deep. Not only are you afraid to go down there, but many of these feelings are very elusive and only seem to surface when your life is in chaos. But you finally understand one of the core functions of compulsion. To highlight these feelings so that they can be healed. So you watch and wait for the next wave, knowing that you're only compulsive when deep feelings are close to the surface. And so with flashlight in hand, and heart pounding furiously, you descend down to the basement, into the deepest and most tightly held parts of your body, wanting to meet whatever is there. Much to your amazement, rather than monsters, you find the youngest parts of yourself cowering in the corner. They look almost like little wild animals with deep fear in their eyes, your own fear evaporates as you realize how scared they are. So you sit down to reassure them and say quietly to them, I am here. I understand. It takes them a moment to get over the shock that you are willing to enter the basement. You haven't been there for decades. And the even greater shock that you're willing to talk to them. But hope springs eternal and in a flash, tears of gratitude begin to roll down their cheeks. With a little coaxing, they come out of the dark corner where they were cowering and with deep relief, they crawl into your arms and you find yourself saying to them over and over again, I'm here now, it's okay, I'm here. You realize they've been waiting your whole life for you to grow beyond your fear of them so that you could give them exactly what they needed all those years ago. Non-judgmental, loving attention. As you carry them upstairs, they are a little overwhelmed by the rooms filled with light. But as with all young ones, they adapt very quickly. 
They can be this free for they know that they are now a valued and accepted part of you. The last of the curtains that held back the light are whisked away and joyous laughter fills your rooms again. Every once in a while you feel a wave of compulsion coming on. But rather than reacting to it by retreating into your head, you're able to sit down wherever you are, close your eyes, and breathe all the way into your belly. You can then listen to what you are experiencing there. You've finally awakened enough to take responsibility for your feelings, which is, after all, simply the ability to respond to them. And just a few moments of being with the feelings releases them back into the flow of aliveness that is your birthright. And the wave of compulsion moves through, leaving hardly a trace. Looking back over this amazing journey, beginning with the joy of living so fully in your body when you were young, only to lose this connection with yourself, and now finally to rediscover it again, you feel gratitude for how far you have come. But something inside you knows that this journey back to, to yourself is not yet complete. Sitting quietly one day on your favorite window seat, gazing out on the beauty of nature, you feel compelled to go down to the basement. Since the basement is no longer cluttered with all those scary feelings you so desperately tried to hide there, there's a vast openness that you now experience as joy. And this joy draws you to the very center of the basement where you notice a circular room that was previously hidden by all the boxes of feelings that were piled up around it. When you come close, you realize it's radiating a wonderful warmth. And you know from the deepest part of your being that you're supposed to sit down, basking in its warmth as you breathe long, slow breaths. As your belly softens and you settle into your body, you become aware of the same kind of warmth glowing inside you. As you open to it, this glow radiates throughout your whole body as waves of light and love fill you from head to toe. When you open your eyes, much to your amazement, the walls of this circular room have dissolved and there before you stands a beautiful spring of burbling water lush with vibrant green foliage and beautiful flowers. With deep recognition, you see that this wellspring has always been with you. Its source is the creative forces at the heart of life. The forces that show up as the radiance of the sun, the unfolding of the seasons and the beating of your heart. You feel an indescribable joy as you kneel beside it and dip your hands into drink from its essence. As this water flows through your body, you realize that this wellspring is what fills the house of your being with love, light, and the pure joy of being alive. It contains all the elements that truly fulfill you. The fire of the passion for living, the strength of the earth for endurance and perseverance, the lightness of the air for play and exuberance, the healing quality of water that allows all things to flow, and the love that unites everything. With great clarity, you understand that your whole life has been a journey toward reconnecting with this inner wellspring. 
On this journey, you were meant to know the wellspring when you were young and then leave its healing presence for the long journey into your, your unique experience of separation. And now it's time to return. You also realize that every part of that journey was necessary. Even though you made many so-called wrong turns, every one of them was a perfect part of the journey away from and then back to yourself. Now, no matter where you are and no matter what is happening, with just one deep breath, you can return to this wellspring within and drink your fill. Finally, you understand that you have been given the gift of life because you have risen out of the creativity at the heart of life. You are one of a kind. In the vastness of all time, the great and wondrous unfolding of life has never ever shown up exactly as you. Nobody else ever can be a better you than you. Life is expressing itself as you because it needs to express itself as you. You don't have to figure out what your particular gift is or how to get to it or even what to do with it. All you need to do is drink from this wellspring of wisdom and support that resides at the core of your being. What you are here to do and be will unfold in its own time and its own way. As the last vestiges of tension leave your belly, you feel a deep sense of relief. The old familiar sense of discontentment gives way to an ease that nourishes you to your core. You realize that you aren't just one of the lucky few who can know and live from the healing waters of the wellspring within. You see that more and more people are discovering and then living from the integrity, courage, wisdom, and compassion that come from being connected to their own wellsprings. Drinking deeply from its healing waters one more time you see that you will never again feel alone. For the creative powers at the heart of life are with you and within you. Life will ebb and flow, and you will still live the cycles of remembering and forgetting. But there is no sorrow in this, for you now know the deep peace of being. In this knowing, you are willing to show up with a keen, curious mind and a spacious, open heart for whatever life gives you. As you stand again, you realize that finally you are truly yourself. You walk up the stairs and into the unfolding of your life, overflowing with exuberance, curiosity, and the joy of being alive. So thank you to Mary O'Malley for this beautiful book, The Gift of Our Compulsions, if you want to find it. Um, it actually has a forward by Eckhart Tolle for anyone who's an Eckhart Tolle fan. And the core ideas that have come from this story are, early on, the river of life flowed through you, sometimes in torrents, sometimes gently, full of the peace of being connected to life and being comfortable in your own skin. Two, when you were very young, the house of your being was a wondrous place to explore. And there was no part of the house that was off limits. 
basking in the glow of living fully in your body and being in contact with your true nature when you said, I am, and that was enough. Three, when life threatened, confused, and disappointed you, you learned how to close off parts of yourself and began to live in the I am not slash I should be story in your head. Four, the more you live in your mind rather than your heart, the more you believe that to be safe, you have to be in control. Hiding deep within you the spontaneous creativity and pure joy of being alive. Five, the deep peace of enoughness will only come when you move back into your body and inhabit all the floors of the house of your being. To do this, you need to meet the feelings that are standing outside the door of the addict of your mind. Six, meeting your feelings is not about getting lost in them again. It's about giving them your undivided attention so they can transform back into the free flowing energy of life. Seven, it is possible to wake up in the morning with an abiding love for yourself, a deep appreciation for the gift of life, and a wondrous curiosity about where the adventure is going to take you. Not only is this possible, it's actually your birthright. And lastly, as we come to a close, you have risen out of the creativity at the heart of your life. You don't have to figure out what your particular gift is or how to get to it, or even what to do with it. All you need to do is drink from the wellspring of wisdom and support that resides at the core of your being. What you are here to do and be will unfold in its own time and its own way. <laughs>